1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio,
0: 630 Chad. All right, uh, school testing trivia question. That song, Kids in America. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you, 1234 at Edmonton. That song, Kids in America, from Kim Wilde, was featured in which mid-1980s coming-of-age movie, which was filmed, I believe, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Text us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line, 780 And the funniest part about this movie was that the male lead was supposed to be a high school football player. He was like 30 when they did the movie. <laughs> and I'll give you a hint on the, uh, the female lead, uh, Jackson Brown alright nine six zero zero six three. that's the River Creek Resort Casino hotline, and that's where we're going next. We're going to hook up with our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling, whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a Legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. Hello, John, how you doing? Hey, Bob, how are you? Not bad. There you go. Uh, not bad at all. I'm just just—I'm going to see how long it takes uh, somebody to get the trivia question. The song Kids in America from a mid-1980s coming-of-age uh, movie which featured a male lead who was supposed to be on a high school football team who was like 30 at the time when he made the movie and a female lead who was connected to Jackson Brown in the past. We'll see how long hmm. it takes. It's its a bit of an obscure movie. So uh, it is n- just, just for Russ – and for Ryan, it is not a John Hughes-related movie, because uh, they've they've guessed uh, Breakfast <laughs> Club and 16 Camels. So it's it's not a movie that has Molly Ringwald in it. Okay, <laughs> seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Stoffer stupid, super. Oh, Dino Bambino got it. Dino Bambino got it. Do you remember the movie Reckless? Sure. That song was in Reckless. Uh, there was a scene where they're in their their uh, school swimming pool And they hook up And that song is playing in the background with Reckless And Aiden Quinn Aiden Quinn was the lead actor And I think the movie was from 83, 84, 84, 85 And he might have already been 30 at the time But you know, it's Hollywood So they can make anything It was just kind of funny How you doing? How was your weekend, John?
2: It's great No, it's all good, Bob Having a great time
0: yeah uh all right what are you hearing I, I know you have your sources are you hearing anything at all on the evander kane front
2: uh not yet no i haven't heard i haven't heard a darn thing uh since uh the oilers management left uh their their scouting meetings late uh, mid last week so uh but i i suspect that with everybody uh Uh, on their way to, if not already, in Montreal this week, uh, that something could happen sooner than later.
0: I stand corrected. Aiden Aiden Quinn was actually only 25 when he made the movie. So, there you go. (laughs) Daryl Hanna was the female lead that was connected to Jackson Brown. All right. Uh, So, yeah, they're they're in Montreal. It's the draft. Uh, It's an interesting situation. Today, uh, Pierre Lebrun from The Athletic reported uh, the Oilers have – kicked around the idea of Claude Giroux. Uh, I asked Elliot this question earlier in the last segment, John, and I'm going to ask you, given, uh, you know, and you are in the center of the universe, but you've got connection to lots of agents around the business and several players. Has the perception of Edmonton changed in terms of being, you can win there, you know, they've, they've got McDavid and Dry settle are two terrific players that, you know, the team went three rounds in the playoffs, and is that a potential Uh, influencer in terms of uh, getting some potential free agents here?
2: I think there are so many uh, positives when you look at Edmonton. and Let let me just throw this out to you, Bob, um, and and put it in a frame of reference of the NBA. Uh, Two or three years ago, even before the Raptors won the NBA championship, uh, American television came to Toronto uh, and showed uh, the 12,000 people outside the arena in Jurassic Park uh, and uh, network announcers, Jalen Rose, a few of the other guys were just raving how what a great place Toronto was. Uh, I think we saw a similar scenario to that when TNT came to Edmonton this year for the Western Conference Final. Uh, and I, I think that what, what it did do was uh, pay witness to uh, the rebirth of this organization uh, with the new arena, with Connor McDavid, with uh, Ice District. Um, and I think that there's a lot of, wow, That's a pretty, that would be an interesting place to play and those fans are crazy and we'd love to do that. Uh, I think that there are so, m- and and that's not including what Leon does and what Connor does. Uh, I think that there are, are there are a lot of scenarios now where players would consider Edmonton based on everything that's positive, not just about what's happening on the ice, but the franchise as a whole.
0: Yeah. Yep. I I agree with you. I mean, you got I mean ESPN covered round two the Stanley Cup the, the Battle of Alberta series. You know you had different uh, you know hockey pundits on different podcasts and shows talking about it being you know the best you know the, the two daily ESPN shows that they've got. Uh, Pardon the interruption and around the horn the, the best. This is the series that everybody else that the NBA wishes that they had and and then the the fan response in those markets. The fact that Edmonton's got a new bill. And at the end of the day, I'm going to circle back John Shannon. And McDavid and will put up two points per game in the playoffs, something we haven't seen done in a long time here. You know, it's it's funny. Um, My experience, and I'm in year 14 doing the Oilers, but, you know, this will be year 15 coming up. But I had a show for six years before that, and I did, you know, Foncourt and Stats for visiting NHL teams for the eight years before that. My experience has often been that Edmonton has been seen as a, a by some of the media and by maybe some, some agents as an outpost. The guys that really know the league know the league, and they know where players are. I think that there's a realization that they've got some things coming as well, that they've got a, a plethora of young, bigger defensemen that they could bring into the fold over the next couple of years. And then, you know, goaltending's is obviously going to be a big issue, but I just look at the Keynes situation, and I wonder, well, we all know Kane's looking for as long a term as he can get. That totally makes sense. You can respect that. And it might be a tad risky, and I'm just wondering whether or not there's some other guys sitting there going, "Well, I'm going to wait and you know, we'll see if they get something done with Kane before July 11th or 12th, and maybe the focus changes a bit, you know? Maybe they'd spend the money on me instead of spending it on, you know, the, the, that sort of thing." takes, I I know I can 100% tell you I know for a fact that's occurring with some of the agencies right now out there. Sure,
2: uh, and, and and you know, that's uh, I think that's a recurring. Uh, storyline, not just in Edmonton, but I think it's a recurring storyline in a lot of places where teams still have the opportunity to sign their own free agents. Uh, That discussion, I I guarantee you, is happening a bit in Calgary. I think that conversation is happening in Tampa. Uh, I think there's a few teams like that. Uh, where they have free agents of their own that you know they're trying to cobble away and find money to sign all their own guys. and with the chance that the other that the player wants to go to free agency wants to see what the market bears, uh, then there's going to be people on the outside. Preparing to pounce and take advantage of those dollars when they come to, to, to towns like Calgary, Edmonton, and Tampa.
0: Well, and you know what? Like, let's take it one step further. The Toronto Maple Leafs were in this situation last summer with Zach Hyman, right? Like they they ultimately
2: made a decision, right? <laughs> yeah. they, they were- well, I actually I actually think you know I think that the Maple Leafs in that scenario they were pragmatic. They knew they were going to lose them. Right. They were so tight to the cap. They had their plan. Their number was. Always four and a quarter. They they were never going to go above the ceiling of four and a quarter for Hyman. Um, and and if you talk to senior guys within the Maple Leafs, that last six weeks of the season that they played, they knew that if somebody really wanted Hyman,
3: did we lose John? Uh oh, he's still on the line. So let's give this. You look
2: at You know, and so and so, so Riley, Riley's able to be signed to the long year, t, young, oh, uh, long-term t- deal, and then now they've got, uh, now they've got uh, the big five rather than the big four. Well,
0: John, wait a sec here. What I was gonna say was they, they, they looked at the situation and distributed the money differently with with Hyman. So you said their number was four and a quarter. So what they did is they went out and signed a couple other players instead. They signed they took a chance on Nick Ritchie, two years at two point two five. They signed yep. Bunting to a two year deal at nine fifty, and they signed Camp to a two year deal at one point five. That's how they yeah. addressed the situation um, uh, with Zach Hyman. And and that is a different that's a different way to piecemeal the loss of Hyman. Okay, and I'm I'm wondering, like I'm looking at Kane here, and I think we all know that Evander Kane was a pretty impactful player and gave him a t- He's a different player than Hyman, and I, and in my mind, if if they can't get a deal done with Kane, and my preference still would be to see something get done with Kane. You know, it's interesting that LeBron mentioned Giroud today. I, you know, I kind of thought he was kind of an Eastern Conference player. You know, I'm led to believe he didn't really want to play in Colorado at the deadline, so he went to Florida. But I'd be very intrigued, if, <laughs> to be frank with you, on Claude Giroux, because I think he's a hell of a competitive player. He's different than Evander Kane, but I do think he'd be a 75-point player in Edmonton, especially if he ended up on the first-line power play, potentially supplanting Nugent Hopkins because he's got a better shot and he's a right shot. So I'm not saying piecemeal it the same way, just that you have some different options. As a result, and that's what Toronto elected to do.
2: Yeah, and if Claude, but if Claude Giroux comes to Edmonton, he's taking a hell of a haircut, isn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah, we're talking and, and, the fours and, or fives. Yeah, I was going to say never. I would. I'd be shocked if it got to the fives. Uh, and I think I think there's going to be somebody out there. Uh, come the 13th that is going to uh, if Giroux still around and has it mean, whether Florida can afford to keep him or trade him and, and, and get something signed with someone else uh, I'd be shocked if it's less than five for Claude Giroux, I'd be totally shocked
0: Yeah, alright uh, John Shannon joining us right now uh, of course he's our NHL insider and he joins us every Monday and Wednesday for Legacy Heating and Cooling whether it's heating or cooling you need to get it with no payments and no interest for a year, that's how you Build a legacy. Legacy heating and cooling. Elliot Friedman has mentioned Jack Campbell. Others have mentioned Jack Campbell. What's I mean? You're in Toronto. You saw this guy play a lot this year. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think Jack Campbell uh, is a good, solid goaltender. Uh, he the question with with Campbell and uh, that has become an issue over the last two years is uh, he, he, it's kind of like my golf game, Bob. You get into funks. Uh, and, and Jack got into a funk uh, a little bit last year just after the All-Star, or just before the All-Star break, rather, and it took him a little while to get out of it. But, you know, it, it wasn't Jack Campbell's fault that they lost in the first round uh, against Tampa. And so, I, I mean, I think if, the, if Jack Campbell can fit into uh, to a scenario in Edmonton, Jack Campbell would be a very solid acquisition.
0: Uh, And Sonny, we're going to give the final question here to Sonny in Vancouver. He says, Bob, can you ask John Shannon if the recent events that have occurred in the United States will lead NHL players wanting to sign in Canada rather than the USA? And that one comes to us from Sonny in Vancouver. I don't know what he's specifically like. Is he referring to the shootings? Is he referring to Roe versus Wade? Is he referring to the polarization of... um, left and right politics. What do you think? Is there more of an appetite now in Canada than there might have been a couple of years ago?
2: I don't think things have changed for athletes. Uh, You know, know, I think you have to remember what what an athlete is doing for the period of time. Uh, there's still a lot of guys, particularly the Canadian-born players that play in the United States, that come home for the summer, and either have a summer spot in Kelowna or a summer spot uh, north of uh, Toronto in the Muskokas or in the Maritimes. Uh, I don't think that that's changed. And I think when you're playing in a eight-month bubble of uh, of NHL hockey and you're you're going from your house to the arena and uh, home games and chartering to road games. Um, I don't think you get really enveloped in the politics, the violence, uh, the Supreme Court rulings uh, of what goes on in the United States. I think you look for the best tax option, and that means the United States is still a very attractive place to play for a lot of players.
0: John, great stuff. Talk Wednesday. Okay, Bob. Talk to
2: you soon. You bet. That's John
0: Shannon, our NHL Insider, 1248 in Edmonton. want to mention to you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue, the 99th Roos Chris open in North America, open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 to 10 p.m. Tell Brendan and Chris that Oilers now sent you. When we come back, we'll get to NHL today for Elite promotional marketing, and uh, we'll hear a comment from Wood Guy Darcy McLeod on goaltending. You're listening to orders now. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stopper with you, 1251 in Edmonton. Again, I'm going to stand by my comment. Uh, I believe the orders ultimately are going to end up with more cap space than people realize. Time will tell in that regard. As we go to the orders Now Audio Vault for direct work, we're specialized to work with your business, outfit your crew from head to toe in Edmonton and Fort McMurray. Goaltending. We had Darcy McLeod, a.k.a. Woodguy, on the show Thursday, and we were in a discussion on how you can use analytics to analyze goaltenders.
1: I, I think you can use analytics to evaluate goaltenders. I, I don't think that what we have available publicly is great because all the public stuff, all the stuff you see on Twitter, you can call it Twitter analytics instead of analytics. Most of that is uh, off the NHL uh, game sheets, where they record every shot, and that's where a ton of almost all this information comes from. That's that's public. The private stuff has more puck and player tracking. It'll it'll tell you how many passes and where the passes came from, where the goalie was, how how you made the goalie move. So there's a, there's a lot more that goes into creating a goal than just what we can figure out from the public data that gives you a good expected goals model. So, so yes, you can, and no, not with the stuff in the public. But you, you can refine it enough to get something a little bit better than just looking at save percentage. There's a site called called Evolving Hockey. They've got something called Goal Saved Above Expected. And if you look at that, and then you normalize it, which means you put all the goalies on the same on the same level, because some goalies will play a lot, some will play a little. So if you look at their goal saved above expected, and you make it per hundred shots, it usually gives you a pretty good list of of who the better goalie are and uh, and sometimes you can pick out guys who you know backups who played 10, ten fifteen games who had great results and you kind of watch them and and they turn into very good starters, so I think it 's a reasonable uh, Method to look at. So yeah, you can use some some public data to to get something better than just save percentage.
0: Darcy McLeod, A.K.A. Wood Guy, joining us on Thursday. Tomorrow, Hart Levine from Puckpedia, we'll talk a little about numbers. And speaking of numbers, the Chisler, A.K.A. the Voice from the Past, is Texas on the Ashley five floors text line, and he says Bob Elvismers Leechkins and uh, Georgia from the Rangers are both an upgrade on Campbell. Uh, Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I do not believe for a second that the Columbus Blue Jackets are trading Elvis Merzlitschens. They know they have a good goalie. Uh, My pipe dream of getting them, uh, that ship has sailed a couple of years ago. Uh, I do believe Georgiev is available. I don't believe he's an upgrade on Jack Campbell, to be frank with you. I think Campbell's better and more established uh, than uh, Alexander Georgiev. And I'd be a little bit concerned, in Georgiev's case, I need to dig in a bit uh, in terms of what's out there on them because, uh, well, let's just say I, I need to do some more research on the jury up front. I don't know a lot about them off the ice as well. A reminder that all season long, the Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. It's this simple. They're the best. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. James Brown, Trent Brown, the gang at James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. They know sports. And I know their business, and their business is representing you to their best capability. That's James H. Brown with the Oilers Now Injury Report as we go to NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing your local branded merchandising specialist. Head to ElitePromomarketing.com. Drew Shamahorn and the staff at Elite. And here's Brennan Escott.
3: All right, big musical game, or uh, sorry, a game of musical chairs played with coaches. We'll get there in a sec. It is NHL Draft Week. The Oilers with the 29th overall selection, but nothing thereafter until the fifth round. So we'll see if Ken Holland uh, manages to, well, maybe add a little bit of something. Two-time cup champion uh, Ryan McDonough on his way from Tampa to Nashville in a trade that shed a lot of salary from the Lightning and sees them acquire a defenseman, Philippe Myers. I believe he played on Team Canada and then 22-year-old forward Grant Mismash, who was a second rounder in 2017. He's coming off of his first pro season now. Brock Besser re-signed in Vancouver three years, $6.65 million. Uh, pending unrestricted free agent Ilya Mikheyev reportedly looking for between 4.75 and $5.5 million on the open market. Uh, his agent, Dan Milstein, is signing uh, Mikhail Sergachev, by the way. Darren Dreger reports um, that uh, Sergachev changing representation today. Rick Bonus, the new head coach in Winnipeg, Scott O'Neill will join that staff as an assistant. Elaine Nasruddin and Steve Spott joining Peter DeBoer behind the bench in Dallas. Jim Montgomery assumes the head coach role in Boston after some time away. Mike Yo heading to Vancouver as an assistant. And the Sharks have dismissed Bob Boog and his whole staff
0: all right you can text us 780-496-0063 the ashley fine floors text line carmen has said bob um this claude Giroux news is mind-boggling how much would he sign for three years at five million per i, I would say that might be the high and he's 34 years of age um claude Giroux has been coached by jay woodcroft before you'd say when 2015 World Hockey Championship Tom McClellan went over as the head coach that was a dominant uh, Team Canada squad, they crushed everybody that year, it was right before McClellan became the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers I actually think McClellan was on the radar screen for Craig McTavish. In 2015, and then MACT T uh, was reassigned, and Pete Torelli was brought in as president of GM of Hockey Ops, uh, and the Oilers still ended up going with, uh, with Todd McClellan, who, to this day, I'd say is a very good coach. Jay was on that staff with him. Uh, Giroux, and I know guys that have coached Giroux, uh, ultra competitive, hates to lose at uh, anything. I, I, I got to tell you, I think it's a possibility. I do. I think it is a possibility, and frankly, it would have me intrigued. Um, you know, he's unbelievable in the face-off circle. The Oilers currently have one right-shot guy that can win a draw. That's Derek Ryan, and he's 35 himself. I actually think the Oilers should target a fourth-line uh, right wing/slash center that can take some draws. There's, uh, you know, a guy like Curtis Lazar to me. On a low-end deal, like you know, eight hundred to a million bucks would make sense. But uh, Giroux is—he as a left, as a right shot playing the left side on the power play, and a one-three-one, and that would allow you to play Nugent Hopkins in the second unit on the power play, because <laughs> he can shoot, he can one-time pucks, and again, he wins face-offs. His teams always have the puck, so I would be intrigued. Who wouldn't be intrigued? The guy's a good player. Chris from Edmonton says, Bob, Kane isn't coming back. We just can't afford him. He'll want $7 million up with term, which is not feasible uh, for the Oilers. I'd give Campbell uh, five, but uh, out Cassian and uh, Trey Jesse. I like Giroux, but on the three-year deal, he's 34, still a stud in face-offs, which the Oilers are locking. Claude Giroux, for me, would be a lock to get 55 to 65 points in Edmonton every year if he if he came here. Like he'd be a lock to do that. Evander Kane would be a lock for me as a thirty-goal scorer for the next three seasons plus. Craig McTavish coming up from the St. Louis Blues. He's going there as an assistant coach at 105. Off to a Global News weather traffic update with Eileen Bell.
1: Oilers now with Bob Stoffer weekdays at noon
0: on Oilers Radio 6:30. Chad.